Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Kayla Walton, and I am joined in the studio with Trisha Casson, Jill Yarmish, and Father Nick Ventura. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics um, in the Bible, and that is parables. But before we get started, would someone like to lead us in prayer? Joel? All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for creating um, creating us with minds to interpret your teachings. We pray that um, you continue um, to call us uh, to a deeper understanding of our faith, and that we continue to answer that call through um, reflection and meditation on your words. And we pray, our Father, who art in, in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Joel. Yeah. I think, it, you know, this topic of parables makes me so excited because I love analogies. Like whenever I'm trying so to when explain... You, so, you're, so you're the teacher in school that would always inflict oh my goodness gracious, analogies yes, on her yes. students. Oh, of course. I hated analogies. Without a doubt. And even school. now as a principal, <laughs> I do that all the time in my office. Like I, <laughs> when a child comes in and they're struggling with something or they're there for a discipline reason, I almost always inevitably bring in an analogy. Well, I'm okay with that. I was just more like, you know, those phonics sheets. Those oh. like... Oh, like dog, oh, oh, like house to dog house. Yes, yeah, that I, kind I of hated thing. Those okay, no, no, no. Okay, no. The, the SATs must have been fun for you. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think I mean I just love the way that our Lord, our Lord knows us, you know, and He knows that we are not all biblical scholars. Okay, and and He knows that we are very simple minded um, in some respects, you know, and not to be. Um, not to well, sound... not simple-minded in the sense of like right, slow, but right. like you know, we we uh, uh, ascertain well, c- better compared topics. to the divine intelligence. We are <laughs> so we have, we have earthly minds, right? Right. I mean, it, call back to when Jesus asks Peter over and over again, "Do you love me?" and and Peter's like, "Well, I, I love you as best I can. I'm only I'm only human." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you know, our Lord just knows what we need, and so I think. Um, the beauty of his parables, it really reflects that. He knows that we need like, you know, simple things. It's his baby so, talk. Like when yeah. we see a toddler, so, we're like, how are you? Oh my, you know, and we like lower so, down to so their the, level. The ironic part though, I think, um, in both of your explanations is parables did not help the original followers of Christ understand anything <laughs> at all. I mean, after oh. after every single parable, that the... That is true. He explained they it. They were like, the, what does that mean? What, <laughs> explain it to me. And, and you know, there's there's a couple of different references in, well, why Jesus? Why do you continue to speak in parables? Nobody knows what you're talking about. And it's a, it's a reference back to the Old Testament. It's Jesus fulfilling things from the Old Testament where I think it was Isaiah said, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear the words, but you'll know mm, not what they yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so Jesus says, you know, you've been given eyes, but you do not see. You've been given ears, mm, but, you do here, not. but you do not. Yep. But the, the thing, the u- unique thing about it is that now we start to understand these parables because we have the gift of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why they were, it was a mystery because, you know, they lacked the gift of faith. And not in the sense that God was withholding it, but he was preparing them, mm-hmm. you know, handing them something on so that when they received mm-hmm. faith, received this, the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, 
it was like, you know, I don't know, the best analogy that comes to mind is, you know, I loved playing with fireworks as a kid. Oh my gosh. And so, How little of a kid, Father Nick? Four, four or five, whatever. Okay, it I feel like matter. we need to put the caveat. Do not try this at home. Do not try this at home. <laughs> Do not try this at home. But I would line up all like the firecrackers. I mean, nothing, uh, not, not not the big explosive the fire ones. The daughter in me is like yeah. cringing right now. Yeah, but it, it was a nice stone platform. It, okay. No no underbrush, nothing, nothing oh that would gosh. catch fire. And then I would just prepare it, line it all up, and then I would take a match and throw it in and just watch it all kind of I wish that you could see Father Adventure's hands right now because he is exactly lining things up. I'm Italian. Exactly what? throwing a match and exactly exploding so, it. So yeah. kind, of, kind of like, like uh, that. Uh, another another analogy would maybe be dominoes. You watch them all fall and and, yeah. and you just you kind of see it from an outside perspective. You can yeah. see mm-hmm. them all starting to make sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm lost on how fireworks. Right, how well, because it all it was all lined up, and then you know the match is the gift of faith going in and it just okay. explodes. Look, he said he didn't like analogies. Okay. Yeah. Cut, so cut I'm he's doing it. <laughs> that he's is definitely a masculine analogy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Brain is really struggling. So, I know. So, but but uh, I guess um, to to piggy back off of that it's funny when you think about it now because you you have the um I, I try and think of it from this perspective you've been going to mass some of us for 20 30 years been hearing the same readings every four years mm-hmm. or, or every three years however many uh all this time and so you're like how how do people not understand that i don't know that prodigal son right prodigal exactly son how, how, yep. how did that not have, like how do they say what and then how do they like how are they surprised by Jesus's death when he foretold it so many times mm. and it's and it's all because we we have this context now it's like it's like when you watch a movie for the first time and then you see the ending you're like ah oh, how did i not see that coming and it's like that's what his followers were and mm-hmm. and and so it's just it's so interesting to 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 understand these parables and then see how confused Jesus's followers were by and, them. And something about parables too is that they're kind of timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always talk about sowing seed, or you know, the prodigal son, or you know, the all all sorts of different things in any context, and you know, yeah. be able to attach not just attach meaning, but see the meaning attached to them. So, for example, I mean. I don't know. Whenever I would watch in school, like the old '70s science videos, and they would teach, you know, the science out, you could see that it was dated. Mm-hmm. Like, just you know, the Bill teaching Nye. was old. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that kind of stuff. You could see that it was dated, old, out of touch with mm-hmm. my context and time. Well, but whenever the parables are taught, it's oh, I can always like, oh, I can see the connection there. It, it doesn't have like a two thousand year old age to it it has a very perennial kind of newness yeah, to which it. is fascinating you yeah. know that the human condition and and our concupiscence hasn't changed well <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it hasn't because then that means we don't have more new stuff I to mean, deal but with isn't it kind of cool that like the issues we struggle with i mean granted they might be different issues but like the emotions they stir inside of us and mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's the it's cardinal ver- sins are still right. there yeah. vices and virtues will never change like right they will always and forever be the same. <laughs> yeah. So, 
You're listening to Alive for More on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Remember, you can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online, on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And we're talking about parables and how, you know, they kind of touch the human psyche. They can be taught kind of like analogies. As Kayla said, they're awesome. I'm not (laughs) much of a fan. Uh, If you were listening earlier, I'm just bad at making them. So, you know, it's it's all sorts of fun. He's not much of a fan of analogies, not parables. He loves parables. I love parables. Right. Thank you, Kayla. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, and we kind of we've kind of been discussing the fact that in, the intentional, I guess, irony of of the the parable itself, because parables in general are are stories with human characters that illustrate life lessons, right? So mm-hmm. they're supposed to make things easier to understand, but because but the when Jesus used them, they actually had somewhat of a counter effect. Yeah. And so when when I was thinking about the show, I was I was trying to understand why would Jesus want to do that? Why would Jesus want to confuse his followers? And 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 the thing I got out of it was he didn't want to confuse the followers. What he wanted to do was he wanted the followers to think about what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Like um because there's there's uh there's two parts to to being called to holiness. There's the call that's going on all the the whole time, but then there's the answer. So mm-hmm. we always we have to answer the call. And when it comes to Jesus's teaching, he he can give the teaching, but we have to receive it. And I think that was an important part uh, that the parables helped. Is it, it it taught the followers to explore their faith. It taught them to understand that the things will be provided to you, but you have to do your part as well. There's a there's it's not um it's not something you can that you can just um I don't know. It, there there's action that needs to be done on your side too. Right, and there's always some sort of like contradictory element in all of Jesus's parables, like something, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of lost on us because we've heard them so many times. Mm-hmm. But like imagine the first time hearing, you know, the parable of the good Samaritan. Like mm-hmm. you you're you're a uh first century uh Jew and you hear that a Samaritan did something good, did something that was in accordance with God's law. Mm-hmm. That I mean that was so foreign to their minds that it was it was shocking. In fact, like if if you read that parable, when Jesus asks which of these men, um, which of these men did uh, did the goodness to the the guy who fallen, and the guy couldn't even say the Samaritan, he just said the one who showed him kindness. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's I, it's amazing. I think something it, um, we're taking for granted actually as we're talking, I just realized this. We've never really defined a parable. And so, you know, we have all grown up Catholic. We've, you know, attended Catholic schools. So we we grew up around these. But I think it's important to define, like, what is a parable? So I'm going to be the teacher here for a second and just give out, like, a for blanket a definition. For I'm second. sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's like saying I'm going to be a priest for a second. All right. Okay, fine. I'm going to be a teacher for the rest of my life. And education will be super important to me, even if I'm 95. And here we go. All right. So the definition of a parable is, it's a noun. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the Gospels. Okay? So it's um, a story that Jesus tells to illustrate a point. So there cannot be true or false. There are no more parables to be told. Um. Well, according to this definition, that would be true. <laughs> yeah. So a parable has to come from Jesus and it's already in sacred scripture. We can't, like... A priest can't like add on a parable because well, it, it, it wouldn't so be a parable anymore, would it? Well, I, no, I, I, I would say that parables as a medium of teaching 
can still be brought. So yeah. I could talk about like. But would it be an analogy then, or does a parable have to come from the mouth of Jesus? I'm, yeah. I, I'm gonna. It, I, I do not think it does. I think yeah. that definition yeah. specifically was related right. to parables as it comes to as it pertains to the Bible. Another way to think about it: a fable is pretty much the exact same thing as a parable, only a fable like. Aesop's fables, they used animals instead of humans. So it was basically... So did G.K. Chesterton write fables? Is he the one who wrote Blind Witch and Wardrobe? C.S. Lewis. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. (laughs) 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 You you, you Uh, just saw... Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard Trisha uh, kind of talk with herself. We did not respond (laughs) to anything. That was a monologue? Yeah, that was a monologue. (laughs) So, no, it's... um, So, in a sense, okay, in that narrow definition, no. Right. However, parable, the word parable can be applied to different things. Kind of like virtue. Like there are obviously See, like I totally the virtues. disagree. I wish we had a biblical scholar here. I think a parable is in scripture and it's from the mouth of Christ. Uh, hi, I have my degree in yeah, scripture. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is just... I think what we need is an English, like someone who who's studied words is what is an etymologist. Yeah, I, I don't know. But here's the deal. Okay, so virtue. So let's think about it this way. So virtue. We have like carnal virtues, theological virtues, and then also just like other worldly virtues like honesty. That's a virtue. Even yeah. though it's not like a cardinal virtue or a theological virtue. So in the same way, we have parables like prodigal son, um, you know, like... But the, in our in our common parlance, we don't often call like parables not associated with with scripture right. parables. Yeah. We call them other things, but they fall within that kind so of genre. Allegory, yeah, allegory right. of sorts. But they're right. not parables. But also, but, <laughs> but okay, according to the definition on dictionary.com that I have right in front Which of me, is completely trustworthy. It okay. All right, don't even get me it's started. It's what we got. Breaking news: Trisha so does not trust the dictionary for definitions the of words. Church. All right, I go fine. To Miriam Webster. All right, let's go to Miriam Webster. She also knows a lot about the Catholic Church. Oh dear. All right. So listen to this. Okay, definition of a parable: a short story that teaches a moral or spiritual lesson. Semicolon, meaning end of thought, especially one of the stories by Jesus Christ and recorded in the Bible. So there's like parable and then you can go like, okay, Jesus's parables and other parables. I don't know if we should probably get caught up on this too long because yeah. we no, can right. teach you English all day. No, it's more, <laughs> more importantly, why does flammable and in, inflammable mean the same thing? Like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. Inflammable is not a word. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Inflammable? <laughs> yes, it is. And it means the same as flammable. Miss um, Walton. Right. <laughs> so... Um, but anyway, it's it's funny that we, when we were bringing this up, um, I never thought about why why they were confused, and it's because ev- it's the parables contain something that is doesn't make any sense to them, like right. you said with the the Samaritan, and so like to put yourself in the perspective of Jesus's followers, this is a completely new faith. Like yeah. Jesus came to fulfill this this faith, and he had to change people's perspective completely because yeah. I mean he was. He was Jesus the Nazarene. I mean, he, he people didn't fully understand, so he had to teach them how to be faithful people in his in 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 Christianity. And and when you think about like parables that way, that he was trying to instill them how to explore their faith and how to do those types of things. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, right? And I mean, it's as you said, those kernels of like something that kind of upturned their worldview. I mean, for example, they were expecting the Messiah to, you know, make, you know, the kingdom of Israel, you know, it it would be like if Jesus came today, it would be like the people of Israel expecting to make their nation even stronger, you know, make it a, a, a giant uh, among the world. But rather Christ was like, no, I did not come here to give power to the world. I came here to free the world from the power of sin. Mm-hmm. He and, came to make us alive for more. Yeah, listening to Alive for More on St. Gabriel Radio, you can listen to us. 
Thursdays at noon or Sundays at three or online on demand at stankybrealradio.com. And I think, you know, before we we run out of time, because we could talk about this all day long, we should probably talk about our favorite parables. You know, I think um, we all, uh, our Lord just, again, gives us so many gifts and so many graces. But it's and, so hard, Kayla, to pick my favorite one. Okay, so maybe not like favorite, them. but just one that like really touches our hearts, you know? So I'll get us started. Yeah. Um, and this is, um, we're not going to do a guessing game or anything. Thank you. But, um, <laughs> okay, so let me pull up mine really quick. So I could talk about my favorite. Okay, uh, perfect. A, yeah. a one that, I, just I, mean, got, I, I got too distracted a... on my phone with the whole yeah. definition of parable, so I lost my, my parable. So. <laughs> so my favorite parable <laughs> tends to be, you know, be a, a toss-up between the good Samaritan and the prodigal son. Though, I mean, because those have endless... And I mean, all of them have endless application, but it's just, especially I always am struck over recently, like how applicable to our society these things are, you know, turning back to the Lord, you know, doing good to the other, but not just because, you know, I want to make myself better, but, you know, because it's, I mean, we see God in the other and, or, you know, in the prodigal son, forgiveness is not predicated on what you do for me. So, I mean, both, uh, and and, yeah, and when you think about the prodigal son, that yeah. that area that's like flipped on its ear, if you will, that that causes the followers not to fully understand is this this kid asked for his inheritance front up, like yeah. up front. He's basically said, "I I, I want you I to look die. forward to you yeah. being dead. Yeah. Give me my money now," and then squanders it. And so in the parable, there's the other brother who's just like, "Why? Why does he get this party? I've been here the whole time." And then that's where we get that message that God will rejoice for one of his lost sheep. Yeah, and mm. it's yeah. I, I could talk the next twenty minutes about the prodigal son, but I won't. But tune in yeah. on Sundays at Father Nick Ventura's church and <laughs> at St. Peter's for a homily on any of the parables. But anyway, so Kayla, did you find your favorite parable? I did. I did. Okay, it's very short, um, and but I love it. All right, so it's in the Gospel of Matthew, um, chapter thirteen. In case you care to know, um, verse 40, forty-four to um, forty-six. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field when a person finds and hides, which a person finds and hides again and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Um, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. So that's kind of almost like two bunched into one. But I think it really, um, you know, first of all, I think a pearl is so beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. I've always loved pearls. And so, you know, when I think about a man finding, you know, a treasure buried in a field or a pearl of great price, you know, he's willing to sell everything that he has to get that one pearl. And so, you know, you you think, okay, well, why did that pearl mean so much to him? You know, right. like what what was it about that one pearl that he was willing to sell it and sacrifice everything? And I think that sometimes our society can really look at us and say, why on earth are you giving up this, this, and this, you know, money, fame, and fortune for religious life or for even just a life of virtue. And yet like we're called to show them like that, the beauty of that pearl, like this is so, so small and I can hold it in my hand and yet it is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, like we are called to just sacrifice everything for that one great gift. And I'll take the only thing, the thing that always struck me about that parable is, you know, you find something of great value, the treasure, Mm -hmm. and then hide it in a field. Like to me that I was always kind of confused and like, but, you know, in, in reflections, if you see like, you know, we find our, our, our faith and, you know, it's, 
in the world. So mm-hmm. we'd sacrifice everything to, you know, find, to always have that faith. Well, to, to guard it, you yeah. know, to guard it against the evil one. I, I love yeah. that parable. And part of me, oh, this is going to sound strange. Part of me does not wish I was a convert because I'm so blessed to have had the sacraments my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that pearl, you know, is God's gift and God's, God's divine life, mm-hmm. which we receive in the sacraments. And so those of us who have been given the sacraments since infants, um, we're almost acquired to it, right? Like we yeah. grow an appreciation to this pearl that's been mm-hmm. laid on our breasts since we were babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I love this. I love this parable, like at the Easter vigil, thinking of these people who, who found the pearl and sold mm-hmm. everything and like followed yeah. Christ and, and, you know, have lived their life without the church. And then all of a sudden came across this pearl in the rough and gave it all away and were dunked in white gowns you know, as adults, like, <laughs> it's just like, so cool. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, right. I, when I went to Steubenville, a Protestant convert taught my scripture mm-hmm. class, um, fa- or not father, Dr. Bergsman. Um, he had converted to Catholicism, I think in his twenties and he had been mm-hmm. a, um, he, I, he was I, like going through the Episcopalian pre- maybe. I'm not sure. But, um, he started crying when he was mm-hmm. teaching us this parable. Mm-hmm. I mean, crying tears just about like, how he found that pearl of great price and like how much Mm -hmm. it was worth it. And like, it was just like so personal and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like I just love, yeah. So I love that parable too. And I always think of converts when I hear that parable Mm -hmm. or people who have come into the church. And, and you know, that's the beautiful thing is that when we think of them, we can also pray for them. Mm -hmm. That's, that's Mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. So Trisha, what is your favorite parable? Um, you know, my favorite parable of all time is the Good Samaritan. When I was in that same class, like we had an opportunity to pick any parable in the Bible to do like an exegesis. So to like study it and learn what every word meant, essentially, because mm-hmm. every word in the Bible carries weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being like so excited. and like, what am I going to choose? What am I going to choose? And prayed and prayed. Um, and because I was pursuing a career in nursing, I chose um, the Good Samaritan. And I don't. I mean, I'm so grateful that I chose that. But Father, you already mentioned the Good Samaritan, so I want to talk about another one. That I... <laughs> I'm sorry, I stole oh, it. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, the, the, the Great Samaritan is so universal and teaches us to love and to love without bounds, you know, to love mm-hmm. Christ's face in every single human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like, it teaches us when we're suffering, like, when mm-hmm. we're that person laying on the path suffering, like, the Lord is going to help us in an unexpected way. And, you know, sometimes when we're so sure that the Lord is going to reach to us through this person or this event, and like, if we get this job, then like, we'll be okay. And oftentimes like that's passed up or Mm -hmm. it comes and goes and like, and we can get discouraged. Like, Oh, I thought that was my saving grace. Like I thought that like I could get out of this depression if I just got that job and it didn't happen. But like the Lord will come to us in unexpected ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I love the Good Samaritan because we can put ourselves in any any role in that story, right? We could oh, yeah. be we could be the Good Samaritan and like Lord, how like who do you want me to help? We could be the innkeeper. We could be um, the I mean, camel who carries the guy. We could be the man who's suffering. And there there are times in my life when I'm the person who crosses the street, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You can yeah. See yourself yeah. We could be that. the priest who just like looks at him and keeps walking. And yeah. uh, it's, it's not my job. Someone will take care of him. Exactly. It's not my job. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that, but. Um, we've already talked about that. So I want to talk about the parable of the great banquet. So that's the parable Uh when, um, I love it for so many reasons. First of all, because I love food, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love this parable? Everybody loves food. Who doesn't love to imagine a great banquet? (laughs) I mean, that just sounds fun. And no one has banquets anymore where you just like sit at a long table and feast. I guess I haven't been to one. Every Thursday we do it. Well, now you like (laughs) sit at round tables and someone begs you for your money. (laughs) Those are the only banquets I get invited to. But anyways, uh, so, 
um, I just love this idea that we get to go to this great table. But so what happens at the great banquet is the master tells someone to like invite these people to the great banquet and he goes out into the streets and he says like the master wants to put on a great banquet come and eat at this great banquet and nobody wants to come right mm-hmm. and yeah. like nobody comes and he fills the mm-hmm. banquet table with like um you know the, the poor, poor. poor. Yeah. People. yeah and like i i love this parable too because like how many times is the lord inviting me to something that is like so beautiful and so worth it and so enriching mm-hmm. and like is going to just aliven all of me but mm-hmm. I'm like, no, sorry. Like, I've got, I got better something things else to, to do. do. Yeah. 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 You know, or uh, we just, we can so easily overlook or reject the invitation that Jesus gives us constantly to grace and beauty and fulfillment. Yeah. No, that I, I love the wedding banquet. I could, I've preached on that before and I actually <laughs> and, have an interesting and like, one. And yeah. the, it's just so Pope Francis too, that like, uh, but the poor were invited and like the simple hearted and the simple minded, like we just become more like children. And like when we, when we see something beautiful, we won't pass it up. I don't right. know. Like, yeah. And, and it's, it's a, I guess a reminder that we are so distracted by the things that we have, that we can forget that the, the most simple things is the most important thing. And yeah. that's that our relationship with God. And that the yeah. kingdom of heaven is for everybody. So I got to get my parable in really oh, quick. Sorry. Yeah, oh, no. no problem. <laughs> we could all talk forever about um, it. <laughs> uh, so my favorite parable, and I just I think there's irony. I think it's I think that's just looking at back at a historical context of it is the parable of the tenants. So basically, this guy oh, yeah. he has a farm. I think it was yeah. So he has a farm and he leases it out to some farmers, right? And the farmers um, are not very nice people. And so the farmers, um, when, the, when the owner sends someone to get some of the fruit because he's like, I'm going to use my land, might as well just give me some of the food, they beat up and they treat the person really bad. And mm-hmm. so the, the farmer sends a couple more people and they beat them up. And so finally he's like, why won't these guys give me any fruit? Maybe I'll just send my son. They'll know it's important. And then the, so the farmer sends his son and the tenants say, oh, this is the heir. If we kill him, we'll get the inheritance and we'll, the land will be ours forever and we won't have to worry about this guy anymore. So then they kill the son. And so you're just like... In historical context, you're just like, how do people not understand that Jesus is the son and that this is what's going to happen? And then are Mm -hmm. still so caught off guard by his death and resurrection. And, and it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's important to me and I, it's important to me because it's, um, it gives me a call to reflection to say, what am I missing? What is right here in front of me that I'm missing? What, what pieces, Mm -hmm. what dots have I not connected? Because if, if this is so simple, in, in looking back, what what am I missing? What what mm. is being said to me that I'm missing? Um, and yeah, I do, like I said, the, the, that's one of my favorite things about parables is um, there's meaning there. There's something to be found in there. It's it, it's you find it, you reflect it, and you find it. No, this yeah. this has been a great discussion about parables, trying to I define know, it, trying talk to talk about day. the favorite ones. You know, it's all kinds of excitement here on a live forum. Remember, you can join us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at three, or online on demand at com. I'm Father Nick Ventura. I'm joined by Kayla Walton, Trisha Casson, and Joel Yarmish. And now we're going to close in prayer. Trisha? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we just thank you for communicating your great love th- to us through Holy Scripture. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Until next time, God bless you. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.
sanctity.